What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You guys can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S, FantasyBB. That's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes. We share out all of our baseball content at EthosFantasyBB. So make sure you're following over there. If you're not somebody who is on Twitter that much, you guys can go over to SportsEthos.com. If you hover over our MLB tab, you'll get all of that same content. Minus, like I usually say, uh, the tweets throughout the day that our guys are sending out. You miss out on those bits of information, but you're still getting our articles, our different podcast links. The easiest way to get the podcast, of course, is if you're subscribing, then you don't have to worry about getting links or finding you know, different websites where you, they are posted. If you're just subscribing, whether it's on Apple or Google or Spotify, wherever it is you listen, uh, you hit the plus button. Usually it's a plus or an ad or whatever it is. Really appreciate you guys doing that so you just get those pods right into your feed every single day. Now, today we are going to talk about a couple bits of news that we have over the last 24 hours. I'm going to go over my notes from last night's games, and then we're going to talk about a couple of pitching streamers for tomorrow's action. Going through them, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. That's it. Six games tomorrow. I thought there was seven uh, when I was counting. Six games tomorrow. So I've highlighted two streamers. One of them is more available than the other one, and we're going to talk about them uh, at the end of the show. Let's start off with. As we tend to usually have here, it's not usually great news uh, when we go through our news and notes. Today is is not great. It is Jose Alvarado being placed on the 15-day injured list. Now, this is an elbow issue, I believe, but there was also a report yesterday that there was something wrong with his wrist. But the official report uh, when they put him on the IL was that he's dealing with elbow inflammation. Now, there is still an MRI that will have to happen, um, or excuse me, he had the MRI earlier today, and they're still being, uh, they're still reviewing it to see exactly how bad this is. Elbow is always tricky. Elbow is never fun. It's it's not as bad as forearm generally, although it really does depend on the particular injury. According to the manager Rob Thompson, he's a little concerned for sure. Uh, that was his quote. He's a little concerned for sure about the closer. Now, I wouldn't be dropping Jose Alvarado yet. Some people were dropping him today. Uh, He's been exceptional this season. I'm not sure if we're ready to just be dropping him just based off of this news yet. Yeah, you're going to have to deal without him for the next couple of weeks. But to just straight up drop him, I I wouldn't be doing that regardless of your format size. The skill is just sky high. The strikeout numbers are incredible. He is the best reliever that the Phillies have. I took a couple chances on him. Uh, throughout draft season, and I was pretty happy that I did. At first, it looked like it was going to kind of be muddy uh, with Kimbrel being there and Soto and Sir Anthony Dominguez, but he's been their best relief pitcher. I, I would expect probably that they're going to go to Kimbrel now, but n- nobody's been really great. Like Gregory Soto in his 16 innings has been uh, probably their best relief pitcher so far. Um, Gregory Soto to this point does not have a say opportunity. So I'm not really sure if they are going to go to him. He does have the closing experience this season though. It has mostly been uh Kimberl in those opportunities where it has not been Alvarado one save for Matt Strom the other night. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez has also blown a save opportunity. I would expect it to be Kimberl, even though he has been dreadful so far this season. And I'm not really sure I'd be picking him up in your shallower formats. I'm not I'm not. First of all, I'm not really sure how long he's going to be out for, how long Alvarado's going to be out for. And I'm not really sure if it's going to be Kimbrell that they end up turning to the majority of the time. Like, he has been so bad. They have turned to him so far. 
but I'm not sure that he is somebody that I'd have a lot of faith in picking up at this point. I don't know that I'd really want to go for anybody on the Phillies bullpen at this point until we get a little bit more news because maybe they do end up going with with Gregory Soto. Maybe they just San, Sir Anthony Dominguez. I think the likeliest candidate is Kimbrell, but he has also been the worst of those three so far this season. Sir Anthony's been pretty bad as well, uh, but it's pretty muddy at this point in the Phillies bullpen. If you had to, you know, IL Alvarado, then you're not looking great, but there are still more options that are available in your shallow leagues. Like, you know, we always talk about how there's no closer options, and that's generally true if you're talking about you know, most 15-team leagues, you know, some deeper 12-team leagues, there's not really that many options. But if you start to look at, like, Yahoo leagues, there are still there are still guys out there. Like, Jorge Lopez isn't getting a lot of the save opportunities, but he's somebody where, you know, his performance has been good enough where you can roster him even without the saves. He could be a decent fill-in. He's 64% rostered in Yahoo right now. Andrew Chafin hasn't had a save opportunity in a few days. He did have a bad outing against Washington last time out, but I think he is the closer in Arizona. He's also 64% rostered right now. A.J. Minter has been pretty bad, but he, I think, still is the closer in Atlanta. I don't think there's been any word that he is. I'll double-check here and just make sure, because he has been pretty bad, but I believe he is still another closer. If you are just looking for saves, direct save fill-ins for Jose Alvarado, they definitely have them on a lot of waiver wires still. Oh, I forgot that Iglesias was back. That's my bad. Uh, I totally forgot Iglesias was back. Never mind uh, on Minter there. But if you keep going down, uh, Michael King is also somebody who is only about 50% rostered. Daniel Bard is only 52% rostered. Uh, you know, there are options for you, essentially. You're not handcuffed into taking another one of those Phillies. Uh, in most leagues, you do have more options than just, you know, Kimbrell or Anthony Dominguez or Anthony Dominguez or Gregory Soto. I think that there will be more options on your waiver wires in most leagues. If you're in a 15 team league, this obviously sucks, but there's not really any proper replacements in those deeper leagues for saves anyway at this point. So we kind of just have to wait and see what the next update is on Alvarado, whether it is, yes, he's going to be done for a long time and he's a drop or it's looking closer to a minimum IL stint. It's still a little bit too early to tell at this point. Let's talk about Max Scherzer, another piece of not great news. It has already been a bad season for Max. Uh, he has been horrendous, 556 ERA, a 141 whip. He's not getting a lot of strikeouts. It's been bad for Max Scherzer, and now he had to miss his start yesterday. He was scratched with neck spasms. According to what he told reporters yesterday, he's expected to come back later on in the week uh, when they're facing the Nationals. That's when he ex is expected to pitch over this weekend. It's definitely concerning at this point for Max Scherzer. Now, the question is, do you buy him? Do you sell? Because you're not dropping him, right? There's nobody who's, well, he did go down 1% from 99 to 98 in Yahoo League. So I guess some people got fed up, probably in eight-team leagues or even shallower. Uh, but the, it's not a question of if you're dropping him. It's a question of if you should sell, if you should hold, if you should buy him at this point. I got a couple of questions in yesterday on Twitter about potential trade offers for Max Scherzer. And if some of these offers are going out in a lot of leagues, then I would be fine to be doing them. So one guy asked, should I trade Castillo for Scherzer? No, you're not trading Luis Castillo for Scherzer. There's no chance. Next one was Steele, Justin Steele for Max Scherzer. Still wouldn't be doing it, but I would understand if you wanted to. You know, it's a, it's a buy low, sell high situation. I'd still probably keep Justin Steele at this point. The last one was kind of interesting to me, though. It was Dustin May for, Justin, or for Max Scherzer. And at that point, if you're trading Dustin May... 
even though he has looked really good this season, I think that then I would probably be willing to take a chance on it. I'm not sure how many innings Dustin May is going to end up throwing over the course of the full season. He is somebody who has you know a long injury history. In that kind of situation, I'd be more inclined to trade him for Scherzer. But honestly, at this point, I think it's it's pretty tough for the, the Dustin May manager to get rid of him for Scherzer. If you can pull that off, then I would probably be looking into it. But right now, your best course is probably just to hold because I don't know if you are going to get proper value, either to hold or to try and buy low. Because if the price is really plummeting that low, then I would be interested in taking a chance. I don't think he'll be that bad this whole season. We talked about it last week when I had Vlad Sadler and Ryan Bloomfield on. We talked about Scherzer. We talked about you know the rosin or whatever he's using. And we all kind of agreed that he's going to be a lot better. He's not cheating. He is somebody who maybe he just needed some more time to ramp up this season. He's an older guy. These neck spasms are obviously not ideal, but it's not something that I would expect to hinder him long-term on the mound. I don't know for sure. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that this is something where we could say, yeah, this is the beginning of the end. If it was like, you know, arm tightness or something, that'd be a different story. But neck spasm is just something that's kind of random, and I wouldn't say that it's the beginning of the end for Scherzer. I wouldn't be selling him for dirt cheap. I would be holding him at this point. If you can buy him for a very diminished price, then by all means, go take a look. Don't pay too much because... It's a little bit murky right now, the future for him. But if you can get him for a really cheap price, then I have no real problem with going out and trying to get yourself some Max Scherzer. All right, let's talk about my notes from yesterday, my quick hits, which go out on Twitter. Try to do them every day. Uh, It's been a rather hectic time in my personal life over this last week or so. So apologies for not having them out every single day. We've got them out the last couple of days, though, trying to get back on track there. And last night I started off with Christopher Morrell. So he went two for four with a homer and a stolen base in his debut. Batting near the bottom of the order, and I'm not sure exactly how much he's going to move up, but I think there is still a potential for him to end up maybe not batting eighth the whole year, being a middle of the order, potentially even closer to top of the order bat as the season progresses. He was 16 homers and 10 steals last year, and I think he'll have a regular role. Regardless of where he is in the lineup, I think Morrell will be in there most days, especially when you consider his versatility. If you look at Yahoo eligibility, second, short, third, or excuse me, yeah, second, short, third, and in the outfield uh, is where he is eligible on Yahoo platforms. He's up to 42% rostered now. He was like in the 10s yesterday before he was called up, and then, of course, combo meal. It's just going to lead to more people adding you, so people are scooping him up. In 12-teamers, Christopher Morrell is definitely somebody that I would be taking a look at. You could argue even maybe as a bench piece in the 10-teamer, but I think the sweet spot for Morrell is 12-teamers and deeper. He could be somebody who provides a lot of power and speed while being able to be plugged in anywhere in your lineup, essentially. Four different eligibility spots is just so key. So make sure he's not sitting on any 12-team waiver wires. He should be picked up everywhere. Francisco Alvarez, he hit two home runs today or yesterday, uh, and he's been starting to heat up after a, a fairly slow start. We know that the power upside is there. Getting reps in the middle of the Mets lineup, as you know, not great as the Mets lineup has been so far, they should be able to turn it around. And I think, honestly, that he'll be viable in 10-team, one-catcher leagues. I think that he's a borderline top 10 catcher going forward when you look at the power, the counting stats he should have in that lineup. Batting average will probably be fairly middling. I think probably maybe in the... 240s, 250s kind of range. Nothing crazy, but when you're looking at the potential for 20-plus home runs, counting stats maybe in the 50, 60 runs, you know, maybe that might be pushing it a little bit. 40 to 50, it's hard to say, honestly, at this point. Let's call it 50 to 60 runs, 50 to 60 RBIs to go along with the potential for 20 home runs with maybe a 250 batting average, 240, 250 batting average. 
I like him a lot. I think that he's a really interesting play in all your one-catcher leagues, 10 teams and above. Uh, take a look at Francisco Alvarez if you've been streaming catchers or if you're just not happy with your general catcher situation right now. He's somebody that I would be taking a look at. Louis Varland has looked really good through his first three sparts, uh, sp- uh, sparts, starts, uh, especially last night against the Padres. I think he'll be an interesting streaming option in 12-team leagues. I'm not sure looking at the minor league profile if he's somebody that I would want to be saying is, yeah, he's a must-roster player all over the place. Like, I think he's going to be fine enough as a streamer to be able to get you good strikeout numbers. I worry a little bit about the ratios going forward, but I think as a streamer is where he's probably going to fit in there. As a 12, maybe even potential 10-team streamer, he is going to face the Cubs on the weekend, and I think as well as the Cubs have done, I would trust him there uh, in your Roto Leagues. Head-to-head, it always depends on what you need going into the weekend, but I think that generally he is going to be a good play going into this weekend against the Cubbies. TJ Friedel. Uh, TJ Friedel has been a huge surprise to start the season for most. He's batting 324. He's got three homers. He's got four steals. He's playing almost every single day, and he's producing at a really high rate. I think in 12-team leagues where you need a little bit of help in the outfield, TJ Friedel is somebody that you should definitely take a look at. You know, he's usually at the top of the lineup. Sometimes he'll bounce around, but top of the lineup at bats, usually in a good ballpark. Producing homers and steals, and for the time being, batting average. I don't think he's going to stick as a 325 hitter, but maybe he'll stick in the 270 range somewhere like that throughout the rest of the season. When you look at everything he's giving you, I think that he is the 12-team viable outfielder. Now, he is definitely more you know usable in 15-team, five outfielder leagues. He's been a must-roster there for a while, but he's creeping up to the point where I think he'll be a must-roster player in every format, and I think he's already pretty much there considering how he's done. It's not in the smallest sample size. You know, we always talk about small sample size theater at the beginning of the season. We're getting to the point, you know, beyond 100 at-bats, 120 at-bats, where you can say, okay, maybe some of this is legit. And when you see, you know, like I said, top of the order at-bats, playing nearly every single day, great American ballpark, you know, power speed, everything everything he's doing right now warrants 12-team consideration. So go take a look at TJ Friedel if you are in need of a little bit of outfield help right now. Let's talk Miguel Vargas. He's looked pretty good over the last couple of weeks. He's giving you some power, giving you some speed, playing in the middle of the Dodgers lineup. Now, he's a first and second base eligible guy, 43% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I think at this point, Miguel Vargas is worthy of a roster spot in 10-team leagues and beyond. Second base is a tricky situation, and it depends on your league as well. If you're playing with second base and you know corner and middle spots and a couple utility spots, there's definitely room for Vargas. But I think even in those 12-team, 10-team leagues where you just need a second baseman or a utility guy, somebody in the middle of the Dodgers lineup who is giving you power speed numbers is going to be viable. So I wouldn't let Miguel Vargas sit around on waivers for too long. He's gone from 45 down to 43% rostered on Yahoo!, uh, you see very knee-jerk reactions from people because he has a few games where he goes over. Not the end of the world. It happens to the best of us. He's still, for the season, 17 runs, 17 RBIs, three homers, a couple steals. Batting average is not where you'd want it to be, but I still think that considering the overall product, Miguel Vargas should be rostered in all 10. And, you know, 10 maybe it's closer, but for, for sure all 12 team and beyond leagues, uh, Vargas should be on rosters. Let's talk about Lars Newtbar. A lot of people lost faith in Lars Newtbar. He started to plummet down the roster percentages on a bunch of different sites, Yahoo in particular. He went down to 66%. Beginning of the year, he was, I believe, 90-plus percent rostered. 
and it was understandable, right? He missed some time, and you know he was not looking so great to start the season. But now, over these last couple of weeks, he is 15 for his last 48. He's got a homer and three steals in that time frame, and he's usually leading off for the Cardinals. He did bat eighth. He does bat ninth here and there. Generally, he is the Cardinals' leadoff hitter, and I don't care how bad the offense has been so far in St. Louis. That is a team that will turn it around. There's just too much talent for them not to. I don't know if they'll figure out the behind-the-scenes mess of like who's playing where, but those players individually, offensively, are so talented that if you got a guy like Newbar who is leading off at the top of that order, there's no need for him to be sitting on waiver wires. His season line at this point is a two eighty eight batting average of three homers and four steals. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Large new bar should be rostered in all formats. Absolutely all formats. Let's talk Harrison Bader. Now, he's been off to a hot start, but I don't really have that much faith in Harrison Bader going forward. We've kind of seen it forever in a day now with him that there's not really that much there outside of speed. He has a little bit of power that's never really translated so much. You know, his career high on homers is 16, which was 2021. And that was over 103 games, which makes you think there's 20-plus home run pop there. Last season, 86 games, he had five home runs. And generally, he's been kind of a hit-or-miss guy for power. So I don't think we can say that, yes, you're getting power stats out of Harrison Bader. I don't know that those are going to be for sure. You're getting speed usually, which is funny because he hasn't actually stolen a base yet this season. But we know that the speed is there for 20-plus steals. Maybe he gets himself you know, 10, 12 home runs, which is going to come with a bad batting average or you know, not, maybe not a bad batting average, but a 250-ish, 240, 250 batting average. Not sure about that lineup as a whole. I don't think the counting stats are going to be that plentiful for the Yankees as a whole. I really don't think that they're that great of a team, especially when you see with them without Aaron Judge. like They are not very good. I don't know that Harrison Bader is necessarily going to do so much for you sitting, you know, uh, middle of that order. And, of course, you know, he's hit a home run today as well. So he's he's doing very well. He's on a hot streak right now, and he's up to 55% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I would try and sell him while you can because this production at this degree is not going to maintain. If people are all buying in on Harrison Bader and they want to think that this is going to be legit now, he's going to be a 2020 guy, you know, uh, with a good average, whatever they think, it's not going to happen. I'm fairly certain of that. I would be trying to trade Harrison Bader right now if you can and capitalize on this hot streak that he's been on because he might be the number one player in fantasy over the last week. He's been really good, but I would not expect it to continue at all. Let's talk Shea Langoliers. You know, he had a pretty good game yesterday. He went three for four. And I think that, you know, he's a two-catcher guy. If you're in a, even a 12-team league with two catchers, 10-team league with two catchers, like he fits within that top 20 somewhere. But in a lot of Yahoo leagues where people are still holding on, which is about 30% of leagues where he's still rostered, uh, I don't know, 29 actually down to today. I don't know that he's going to cut it in these one-catcher leagues. We've seen so many good catchers come up who are much more worthy. Jonah Heim, Moreno, uh, you know, we've got Melendez sitting on a lot of waiver wires. We have Eric Haas sitting on a lot of waiver wires. I don't think that a guy like Langoliers, who plays in a big ballpark with a terrible lineup around him, is really going to be cutting it for you this season. So far, he's got six home runs. He's batting two twenty-seven. The product as a whole, and the playing time as well, he's sitting every third day, which is pretty regular for a catcher, I guess, but there's guys like Haas and Melendez who you can get and plug in there who are going to play a lot more regularly and give you, I think, better production across the board. So in your one-catcher leagues, Shea Langoliers is probably somebody, definitely somebody that I'd be sending back to the waiver wire. Unless you're talking very deep one-catcher leagues, I do not think he is really going to cut it. Bryson Stott is who we will end off with uh, from these notes. In a bit of a slump. But as long as he gets regular at-bats at the top of the Phillies order, which has been the case, 
he's viable in all formats. Uh, you know, that lineup is going to be really, really good going forward. There's no question in my mind, especially with Harper back now, once he fully gets, and he's already looked good, but once he fully gets up to speed, once Trey Turner figures things out as well, there's no real concern for me there. I know that it's looked ugly for Bryson Stott, but he is getting reps in the leadoff spot pretty much every single day. And while that is the case, he is not somebody that you should be able to find on waiver wires. Definitely go and take a look and see if you can find Bryson Stott. You probably can. 59% rostered in Yahoo leagues. It's kind of been tricky to evaluate him because he moved down the lineup. He was sitting some days. But I think for the most part, he still belongs on on lineups in most uh, excuse me, he still belongs on lineups in uh, in most leagues, guys. Not somebody that I'd be letting float around unless you're talking a very, very shallow league. All right, let's talk about some pitching streams for tonight, or excuse me, for tomorrow. Uh, we only have six games throughout the entire day, so there's not a lot to really go from uh, in terms of your pitching options here. There's only two of them that I've highlighted that I would feel comfortable using. We'll start with the guy in the deeper leagues, or excuse me, the guy who has a higher roster percentage in the more shallow leagues, excuse me, Alex Cobb. So Alex Cobb is on 73% of Yahoo rosters right now. He gets Arizona tomorrow. I think that he should be a very, very solid streamer against Arizona. He's giving us good strikeout numbers. He's performed real admirably to this point. And Arizona is a good offense, but Alex Cobb is still somebody who is available in far too many leagues. I don't even really see him as a streamer. I see him as a must-roster player who is still probably available in too many leagues. 73%, it's getting there for sure. It's getting better. But it needs to be closer to the 80s, I think. And especially uh, heading into tomorrow with a low-volume day, a lot of people are going to stream Alex Cobb. So get him today if you're planning on streaming tomorrow because he is the best option for you guys. There's not really much. The other guy that I'm going to highlight is Bailey Ober. Bailey Ober has done really, really tremendous work so far. He's still sitting under 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues at 49 right now. Now, he has faced Washington, Cleveland, and Kansas City, but he does get San Diego. And San Diego, as scary as we thought their offense was going to be coming into the year, they're 23rd in runs, they're 24th in hits, they're 16th in slugging, 15th in home runs. They really have not been uh, a great team so far this season offensively. So I don't have any problem streaming a guy like Bailey Ober, who is on a hot streak right now against them. He's got a sub-1 ERA and a sub-1 whip to this point. He's looked really good, even though some of the warning signs, you know, if you look under the hood, they're not, eh, they warn that maybe this isn't going to continue forever. Still somebody I'd be I'd be fairly comfortable streaming, especially when there's so few options tomorrow. So if you're going to stream, I'd look at Alex Cobb, and I would look at Bailey Ober. Guys, that's going to wrap it up for me here. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. If you haven't already followed me on Twitter, go check me out at JoeOrico99 and at EthosFantasyBB. All of our new content gets posted from those two pages, specifically the Ethos page, and I try and reshare out whatever I can. Uh, but we have a, a bigger department now than we did when we first started. It's not always me who is posting stuff. So if you are following me already, I really appreciate that. I can't always get to the retweets and the sharing of stuff right away because there's just a lot of content. There's a lot of people posting. I'm not always aware of something when it goes live. So make sure you are following Ethos Fantasy BB to get those updates right away. Guys, we'll see you again tomorrow. We will take a look back at some of today's notes. We will do everything that we usually do here. News, notes, streamers, talk about any big news in the game. But until then, have a great night. Take care. And cheers.